What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Gunter, and we are joined by quarterback and wide receivers coach, expert in the space, Steve Calhoun. Uh, Steve was ranked as one of the top five quarterback coaches in America by Bleacher Report recently. He's had over 30-plus NFL quarterbacks and wide receivers among his clientele, uh, and I don't even know how many like Division One, Division Two quarterbacks and wide receivers. Uh, but he's worked with pro bowlers like Keenan Allen and Super Bowl champions Nick Foles, uh, and yes, even podcast hosts like yours truly, Ken Gunter. I wasn't always just a podcast host, folks, okay? I, too, was once a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed quarterback just trying to learn the, the fundamentals from the man that they lovingly refer to as Yoda. Steve is also the founder of Armed and Dangerous Football Camps. Uh, he started out training athletes out in the Orange County area, but man, he has expanded uh, to running camps and working with athletes all over the country. And we talk about this a little bit today, even internationally. So he's been tenured as a quarterback coach at the Manning Passing Academy in recent years, uh, which <laughs> if you know anything about quarterbacking, that's a huge deal because uh, that family knows a little bit about the job. He's also one of my favorite people. So I was so incredibly excited to have him on the show and introduce him to listeners. So even if you have no intention of ever picking up a football again <laughs> in your life, this is absolutely one of my favorites. So, you know, in dealing with experts in his field, we talk about the need for sticking to the fundamentals, what he views as the key to success, uh, what he thinks separates himself from all the other uh, self-proclaimed quarterback gurus. We talk about things like the need to listening to one voice. Uh, and he, while an expert himself, and he talks about it, probably has as many connections as one possibly could chose to actually have someone else help coach his son, who also now, of course, happens to be in the NFL, which is just a great story. So this is, again, a really, really fun episode. I hope everyone likes it. Uh, and if you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a rating and a review. It certainly helps. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can go to KenGunter.com, contact us there. Uh, also, feel free to follow us on Instagram, at the underscore professional athlete. Uh, I'm documenting a lot of my training. I try and keep everyone up to date on who's coming on the show. Uh, but if you want to reach out to me there, I, I do my best to get back to you. And uh, I've had a lot of fun connecting with folks. So appreciate that. Make sure also to stick to uh, or stick around for rather the section at the end where I run it by my wife, Sonia Gunter, truly brains and beauty. I don't know why I'm like diverting into my anchorman voice with Ron Burgundy. Uh, so you know what, folks, before I uh, spin this thing out any further, without further ado, let's welcome Steve Calhoun to the show. Here we go. I gotta get up. I got too much to do. Yeah, I gotta get going. I gotta talk. Coach Calhoun, man, I appreciate it. Thank you uh, for coming on the show. Not a problem, man. Uh, I appreciate you remembering me and not forgetting about oh, me after come all on. these years. Dude, impossible. <laughs> impossible. There's a lot of coaches I've forgotten. Coaches that I would play for for an entire season. Okay? You are not one of them. 
<laughs> I was thinking about uh, like how we met, and it was at yeah. a QBR. It was a QBR camp. That's right. QBR, That's right, man. QBR camp, and I'll tell you this, and dude, I, I don't know if it's just me getting older or what, but I, I remember less and less all the time. But I still <laughs> remember how I actually met you. Okay. Uh, we we were we were going through the drills, yep, and we would bounce around to different stations, and each Correct. station has its own coach. And for some reason, like I just really connected with like the way you were teaching us. It was exactly. I was having a blast, but I was actually like really learning. And I right. pulled you aside. I was like, "Hey, man, can I just like work with you for an extra five minutes?" Yeah. And it was like Absolutely. that first day. You were like, "Absolutely." And so you know, five yeah. minutes turned into ten, turned into like all the way to lunch. And then yeah. over the course of that week, everyone kind of caught on, and they were like, "Hey, man, what the hell?" And so <laughs> shortly, that group like started to grow over the course exactly. of the week, where everyone caught on that I was getting an extra training. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from the best coach at the camp. Like, oh, what? That's awesome. That yeah, awesome, but dude, I was man. I was thinking about that too. I must have been uh, 16, 17. You were sixteen. You were going into your uh, senior year in high school. Yeah, you're going into your senior year. Yeah, crazy man. Definitely crazy. But yeah, well, and uh, you know, I would have expected it, but I'm I'm so excited. To see one, not that you're just still at it, but like the incredible success that you're having. I feel like it's a who's who of first round draft picks, pro bowlers, right? Uh, and not just quarterbacks, just across yeah. the whole spectrum. Like we were catching up beforehand. Like you're working with dudes all over the country, all sorts of professional teams. It's it's awesome to see. Yeah, it's definitely. It's been a it's been a long road, man. It's been 15 years since I started Armed and Dangerous Football, so it was in the infant stages. When I met you, it was only uh, I've only had it for two years. And oh, so wow. the way I would use a QBR was I'm like, OK, how can I get more clients? So yeah. I would go and be a coach at, at, at the quarterback receiver camp, which they had 400 quarterbacks out there. And I'm like, I would go out there and I was able to coach you and, and yeah. you know, several other guys and and then start working with you guys privately. And that's how I actually grew my business yeah. um, through through QBR. And, you know, 15 years later, you know, here I am. That's amazing. Yeah. Is QBR, are they still operating? No, they're not. Ah. They, they stopped it after 44 years because kind of like guys like me, you know, sorry, Laird Hayes. That's, that's my guy. <laughs> he gave me my start. Sorry, Laird. <laughs> Coach DeFreeze. <laughs> oh, dude, Coach DeFreeze. Oh my God. I remember that name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So actually that that's maybe a really good point because like now I feel like, and I don't know, do you like the moniker quarterback guru because that's like what i think of you as but no you're shaking no. your head no i do not <laughs> i do not okay because right. it's 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 not um it's not special anymore that word is people throw it out so much yeah it doesn't mean kinda, like dude like you're really you know a specialist an expert a specialist. Oh, correct. yeah right. yeah so I, I don't i don't like it but people say it and so yeah, yeah. been yeah, called so. worse Right. <laughs> I've, been, I've been called much worse um, probably this week, actually. But so one of the things I was going to ask you is like when you started this, I, I feel like th it wasn't as um, I don't know, like to your point, like there, there weren't quarterback gurus all over the country at that time. Right. right? And I know you don't right. like that term, but like it almost feels like you really kind of had to like chart your own path at that Definitely. time. Definitely. You know, um, I did not know it was going to grow to what it is right now as far as me you know, running camps and stuff overseas, you know, in Germany and all over Europe and all over the country here. But I was awesome. just trying to 
just start something here locally because when I was growing up, I never had a quarterback coach. I have four mm-hmm. older brothers, so I would tell my dad, hey, man, I would love to get a quarterback coach to help me with my throwing mechanics. He was like, hey, go in the backyard play, throw the ball with your brothers. That, those right. were my quarterback coaches. <laughs> so once I was able to, you know, get the knowledge um, from a gentleman named Tom Shine, who was my offensive coordinator and quarterback coach in junior college, he taught me about throwing mechanics and footwork and all the stuff that I still preach now that I taught you, you know, however many years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, wow, okay. Now, now I understand why the ball goes high, or low, right or left, you know? And so I just took that and just started t- to build on those fundamentals and uh, go ahead. No. And I was, I was going to say like, for me, you know, I, I mean, I grew up North of Seattle and uh, I was actually in a fairly like, you know, large conference and I had a great coach. I had some really good coaches, but um, it was such a difference that first time working with you seeing like, wow, there's a whole nother level of like mechanics I need to be pay attention to. And to your point, you can start to like understand like, hey, I keep throwing the ball high. Mm-hmm. Why might that be? You know, and then there's yeah. an actual like practical solution. Yes. And I was just like hooked. Right. I was like, <laughs> oh, my. Like there's someone has answers. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And when you're not getting that, it's like you're just kind of left to your own devices and like your potential is almost capped. Exactly. When I was playing quarterback in high school and college and if I would miss high or miss low, the coaching point would be, hey, Calhoun, get the ball down. Hey, Calhoun, (laughs) get the ball up. Okay, coach, I I really am trying to get the ball down, you know, like how do I do it? So once I once I went through, you know, played, played for uh, Tom Shine and he taught me about all the throwing mechanics and the footwork and the balance, these the accuracy and all those things. I'm like. And just like you, I mean, it was like a light bulb that came. I'm like, wow, okay, I understand exactly how to make the ball do what I want it to do. Right. Um, and so that was awesome, man. So once I got that and just, and it was just all fundamentals. It was not, you know, you see some of the stuff now, some of the training techniques, you have guys, you know, working out in waist deep water and on the sand and stuff like that. I'm not going to be a gimmick guy. And, and, and to those guys who do that stuff, if they get the results they get, awesome. I'm not yeah. knocking you, but I'm going to, if we play on a grass field, turf field, we're practicing on a grass field or a turf field. Yeah. And yeah. And so that's how my thought process is as far as I'm not going to do anything gimmicky. I'm going to, you know, use the things that we actually do in a game. It, yeah. As far as just the movements, you know, the, 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 the stuff we're going to do in the game, the movements we're going to do in the game, those are the ones we're going to actually practice. You know, we're not going to practice stuff that we're not going to do in the game. So. Yeah. And you know, it's funny and it, uh, it's sad that I'm realizing this in my thirties. It's a little late, but like uh, a really good example that I, that I've uh, kind of experienced, I was trying to get faster again. Right. So like part of me, like getting back into, you know, working out and everything mm-hmm. is I was going to do this decathlon and part of this decathlon has like a, a 400 meter and 800 meter and it has a 40 yard dash. So I was like, shit, right. I gotta, get, I gotta get fast again. <laughs> okay. I've been, I've been sitting on my ass for eight years selling software and media i haven't run in a long time so let me figure that out and so like i I went in and i you know i was doing squats and lunges and all this stuff that like i thought was going to make me faster it made me really good at like squats and lunges exactly it didn't make me faster and then i was talking to the sprint coach he was like yeah if you want to get better at running you should probably run run (laughs) and i was like oh yeah that's damn that's a pretty good point actually yeah absolutely (laughs) But Absolutely. it's like it was such a perfect example for what you're saying. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe there's some benefit to some of this 
gimmicky stuff in some way, but it's like, mm -hmm. if you want to get better at something, you have to like do that thing. You absolutely have to do it. There's no, no question about it. And I've built my company off those fundamentals just because yeah. I'm always telling the athletes, I said, I'm going to build you a great fundamental base. So on top of your skill set, that's where you will separate with the quarterback that you're competing with on your team yeah. or the kids around the country. And that's just a little bit of separation that you need to become a starter and a, and a great quarterback. You know, how it feels like now with the internet, YouTube, and like you mentioned, huddle, right? Like kids have more access now to fundamentals than they probably ever did before. But like, are you finding that that's translating? Like when kids come to you, are they still like, <laughs> are they still like lacking in the basic fundamentals that it takes to be successful or is it starting to get better? Well, it's um, it's it's kind of hit or miss. It's from kid to kid because mm. there's so many quarterback coaches out there now. So there's yeah. so many voices that they're hearing. Yeah, that uh, sometimes that they're getting bad information. So right. when I do get them, I got to undo their their bad habits and then rebuild their fundamentals. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know, there's so many different quarterback coaches out there and I'm, i mean here in california it's unbelievable there's a quarterback coach on every corner really you know, oh my gosh because i mean because of the money involved and parents are paying you know yeah a lot of money to get their kids trained up you know um and, and so, california is just on another level yeah so i mean the fact that anybody now can create an Instagram or a Twitter account and put some drills on there. And parents who don't do their due diligence, they'll, they'll see some, Oh man, Oh, I saw a guy training at the beach. Wow. Okay. Uh, man, that's something different, man. You know, my kid can use that and yeah. they take them there and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's scary. It's like now there, there's no barrier to entry anymore to be uh, an expert, right? Correct. It's like right. if you have an Instagram handle, it's flashy, you edit mm -hmm. it well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I even find it, and I, I try to be really careful with what I put up on my own Instagram. And I, I try and be really clear that like, hey, this is me. This is what I'm doing. I'm just kind of right. sharing the approach I'm taking. I'm not a strength and conditioning coach. Right. People, will, people will reach out to me all the time. Like, will you train me? Like, are, yeah. <laughs> can you tell me how to, and I'm like, whoa, hey, I appreciate it. But like, just so you know, like right. you're only seeing one glimpse into just what I'm doing. It's it's mm -hmm. not necessarily like, I don't know. I don't have. No, the, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there's a very low bar to entry to be someone that people will assume can like help them get the results they want. Absolutely. I find that all the time. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. But the thing no. that we got to do though is we got to we got to get. To, I was talking to you beforehand. We gotta we gotta get you. Uh, it's time to get you out there. Is how I yeah. feel. Okay. If, if if enough if enough people don't know your name by now, we got to change that <laughs> because I I can attest you are the best in the business hands down. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was it's funny you said that. Um, I just have a new client from uh, like uh, the Santa Barbara area. Okay. And, and he says. Um, Dude, I've never heard of Armed and Dangerous Football until last week. And I just, he goes, I was at my daughter's volleyball tournament and I was talking to another dad and, and I was telling him that my son's a quarterback. And he goes, oh, well, man, you should you should call Steve Calhoun, Armed and Dangerous Football. He's all, never heard of it. He goes, dude, he's in Orange County. And right. He goes, I've never heard of it. I'm like, wow. 
So he was like, hey, no offense, Steve. I've never heard of you. <laughs> he, was we had to change that. And he was like, dude, you got Jordan Love and Cody Kessler and right. Ryan and all these guys and Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner. And he's like, holy smoke. Like, dude, I've never heard your name. Yeah, because so. you're too busy actually getting shit done. <laughs> That's probably what's happening. You know, so, uh, yeah, so to that, you know, he tells me that you call me out of the blue. You have the ability to help get my name out there. So I just think that it, it was just it was just timing. It's God's well, timing, man. Yeah. And you know what I'll say, too? And, and I think um, this is something that I feel like is a trait of people who are uh, like truly passionate, but truly have like something to offer. Like back back when you trained me, like you trained me for free. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like you let me come yeah. crash on your couch. Right. I didn't have, I had the money for the plane ticket, but not much right. else, Right. you know? Um, and it's like, you were, we were willing to kind of like share that knowledge and expertise, you mm-hmm. know, for nothing, right? Like you, you right. gave far more than <laughs> like you got in return. Um, and I just feel like that's a testament of, you know, your, your, uh, approach is like a teacher. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Versus someone who's just trying to like turn every buck. Um, and I think that I have to imagine like that has to be a part of like the success that you had, like the names that you just mentioned, it was a couple first round draft picks and Super Bowl champions among that list. Correct. Right. So absolutely. Very yeah. cool to see how it's evolved. Definitely. And I mean, I am not in uh, in the training business for the money. I do make a living off of it. Um, and it's cool to be able to to wake up and coach kids every day and make a living. But I'm not just trying to just go out and, and, and just get the most money and, and give the least amount of information and get more money for it. You know? Right. Like, yeah. like you said, in your example, I saw your passion to learn. That's what made me go, man, you, you as a quarterback pushed me to a level that I'm like, okay, I, I really got to get in my lab because you would ask great questions. Like, man, well, Steve, how do you, why, why is my ball doing this? Why is this doing this? All right. Why'd you tell me to do this? And I'm like, okay, I really got to get back in the lab and be able to answer <laughs> kidding questions. So you push me as a coach to become. And so when you have that passion, I'm like, man, that you made me a better coach. I, I, I don't even like, as far as the money part of it, it was like, dude, man, let me just, let me just continue to, <laughs> Drop all my knowledge that I have over the 33 years I played football into this young man who's, uh, who's passionate about it, you know. So, well, I, I appreciate it. And actually, man, that's a that's a path we should go down. So, you have a pretty awesome uh, story about your playing days. Yeah. So, can, can we can we can we take pe- people a little bit through your your path uh, sure. all the way through your you know eventual like kind of retirement? Because I think this, I think a lot of people don't even aren't even aware that these opportunities exist. Yeah. Well, you know, played high school. You know, football here in Orange County at Santa Ana Valley High School. Um, Quite the basketball up, player. Yeah, also, definitely. if I if I remember correctly, <laughs> definitely could and definitely play told, some hoop. Told yeah. constantly, right? So I'm <laughs> I'm six three, and I was a a, a three guard, and yeah. so I'm like, man, okay, if I go to college and play basketball, I mean, most three guards are like six seven, six eight. So I'm like, man, then I'm gonna have to be a a point guard, and I don't want to spend the time of trying to handle the balls but I said man I'm a pretty tall quarterback so that's the path that I chose yeah, yeah. Ended, up, ended up going to Santa Ana Junior College and then transferred to New Mexico State so two years at Santa Ana College two years at New Mexico State thought yep. I was going to the NFL and they were like no no you're <laughs> not good enough and so uh yeah I ended up getting a phone call from uh a team in Germany yeah and I was like Germany 
you guys play football in Germany? Right. And they're like, yeah. And, you know, we're paying 5000 a month and we'll give you an apartment and a car. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Because my scholarship check in New Mexico State was 375 a month. So I said, <laughs> 5000 a month? Let's go. Right. So, uh, yeah, I ended up going to, uh, going to Germany and playing football for nine years. The funny thing about that is I grew up in Germany. My father was in the, in the service. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I was born here in Orange County. Four months after I was born, we moved to Germany. So I grew up, went to all German uh, kindergarten. So it's sprechen Sie sehr gut Deutsch. Kannst du Deutsch sprechen now? Like, no, I don't speak any German. I'm like, German. ah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so. The German listeners to this podcast, are you just perked up. They're like, I, it's been 33 episodes. I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, so going back over to Germany, playing there for nine years. And once I got done playing, in 2003 is when I came back and wanted to stay involved in football. And, you know, the gentleman we talked about before, uh, Coach John DeFreeze, gave mm. me my first coaching job at Loera High School. And he ah, goes, hey, by yeah. the way, during the summer, I'm the head coach of this quarterback receiver camp in Thousand Oaks. Yeah. Would you like to, would like to come and be a coach? You know, we're going to pay you 300 bucks, you know, for three days. I'm like, Absolutely. And right. so I'm thinking in the back of my mind, okay, I'm launching Armed and Dangerous Football. I have no clientele. I got all this great knowledge. I'm ready to give somebody. And I right. didn't know how to give it to. And then he presented that opportunity to coach in Thousand Oaks. And I meet a young man named one of the guys, Ken yeah. Gunther, and, and another, <laughs> and another, you know, Washington uh, yeah, great quarterback, Jake, Jake Locker, yeah. who I met before you. I met Jake Locker there. That's right. Know? Fern, right. Ferndale's finest. I uh, know Ferndale. Yeah. And actually Jake, uh, it's funny. Maybe I'll reach out to Jake at some point, but Jake and I actually roomed together at QBR and then, uh, we would, we never played against each other in football, but we played against each other in basketball and, wow. uh, yeah, which is, just, I mean, you know what I mean? Just a small world, yeah. but, uh, I made sure to ball out in that game. Yeah. Cause I, so, I knew too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was the, that's kind of the path that I took, you know, as far as, you know, playing over in Germany for nine years. And now once I got, once I got done playing, the game is still growing over there very fast. So I would fly back over there every summer in August and oh, wow. run camps over there. So I've been doing that since 2003 running camps back in Europe. So I run camps in Germany and yeah. also in the Netherlands. And, no and, way. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, I, most people don't realize like there's, I mean, it's not a huge percentage, but there's like European born players in the NFL. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. How, how is, how is the game kind of evolving over there? Well, you know, what really took the, the game took off over there in Europe is when the NFL Europe start playing games and having teams over right. there and having the NFL backing and, you know, start putting money into the, into the development of European players, and that's was when the Hamburg. Am I, am I making that up? No, no, no. It was the, the Hamburg Sea Devils. It was the Rhine Fire. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was the Amsterdam Admirals. You know, Kurt Warner played for the Amsterdam Admirals. That's right. Uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, Vinatieri, the kicker, he played for Amsterdam. You know, was, those are all Super Bowl winners that played in that league, but they yeah. were like second and third stringers that didn't get a chance to play here in the NFL. So that was a great developmental league. To allow yeah. those guys to grow and get reps and then come back and join their teams. And that's when the the game uh, in Europe really took off. And yeah. then once they left and shut it all down, it was just this big void. 
Hmm. Of like, man, there's nobody developing players anymore. And that's why I just kept going back over there, just trying to do my part. You know, they provided me with the opportunity to play over there for nine years and get to learn the, the culture. And, you know, I spoke German and I was just able to, to con- continue to develop it. Yeah. So, what was it? What was the town you were in? I was in Dusseldorf. I remember, I remember the mayor of Dusseldorf. I think that, that <laughs> called you or something like that. That was my nickname, the mayor, the Burgermeister. Uh, the, <laughs> the Burgermeister. Oh my of God! Dusseldorf, absolutely. That's yeah, so hilarious. this was the first time in 15 years that I wasn't able to go over there and run camps because oh, of all yeah, the COVID-19 COVID. stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because I usually once August 1st hits. All my NFL guys are in training camp. All my college guys are, you know, high school. Youth football starts right around August 1st, August 5th. And then I take the whole month of August and go and run camps over there and take a little bit of a vacation. That's awesome. This was the first year that I wasn't able to do it. How how is, like, the the talent level over there progressing? Like, is it – yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll just let you answer. Yeah, now I was going to say, yeah. I mean, the talent level. I mean, there's a quarterback uh, from Germany at TCU – at Virginia, at Penn State. Really? I mean, oh, my God, yes. And then you talk about linebackers and O-linemen and D-linemen. Oh, they're yeah. all over college football. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, I remember that. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. I guess I guess he was, it was at a JUCO. But, yeah, there was a, a, just a big German safety. Okay. You know what I mean? He just, right. he just looked right. like – I mean, he just looked like a big German dude. But I was like, man, these guys are built There's, to play this game. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, oh, so like Sebastian cool. Vollmer, who played for the New England Patriots, he was their starting left tackle, you know, for years. Um, mm. He's from Dusseldorf. I've known him since he was 14 years old. Oh, no way. Yeah, he played, he was on our youth, in our youth program, our Dusseldorf youth program. Oh, that's incredible. See, I think, yeah, just a lot of folks don't even realize, you know what I mean? Because it's it's not uh, uncommon to have like a European last name, but I think most people just don't make the connection that some of these guys are actually like Absolutely. born and raised over there. Absolutely. And now the NFL actually have uh, um, a foreign, uh, you would say, a development program for players. I mean, you know, for you know, example, like on my son's team, you know, my son plays for the Dolphins. They have a guy from from Rio de Janeiro, from Brazil, who's a defensive tackle. He's a former. Really? Yeah, he's a former you know, jujitsu guy, but he just happens to be 300 pounds. You know what I mean? So he's great right. with his hands. So he just, that translates to playing defensive line. Yeah. So yeah, they have a great developmental program of all, you know, of all these countries from Russia and, you know, Germany and, and Brazil and South America. And yeah, right. so the NFL is doing a great job of, of continuing to develop those players and having yeah. that program. Yeah, that's incredible. And I guess it's kind of like a testament to if you're good enough, they'll find you. You know that's what I exactly mean? Right. That's <laughs> exactly right. That's everywhere. Yes. Um, One thing that you said that I think is really important, and I'd be interested to hear like how this has changed over time or if it like hasn't needed to is like your understanding of the of the fundamentals. Right. Like you had that really instrumental coach who kind of like helped establish that for you. Definitely. The the things that you're doing now, how have a lot of like those concepts kind of like come into being? Are they things that you've kind of created uh, over time, is a lot of it rooted in that initial education that you had? Um, and I'm, I'm totally missing your, the, the coach's name. Tom Shine. Tom Shine. Thank you. Yep, you know no what problem. I mean? Like, how, how has that kind of developed over time? And kind of like, what's your process in finding like, hey, these are the drills or these are the sorts of things that we need to do to help take my guys to the next level? 
Well, that's a kind of a two part answer to that. Okay. If you came out and watched me work out, um, I have, I can't even remember the last time, man, we trained together. Yeah. So 10, 10 years, 12 years, easy, something like easy. that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you said you're 17, you're 33 now or 16. Yeah. You know, so 16, 15, 16 years. Yeah. Right. So if you came out and watched it, you will recognize all the stuff that I taught you. You would be like, man, I remember doing all the same things. Yeah. Okay? That's the first part of it. And yeah. then the second part um, is me watching film or watching the game. And I mm. wanted to create a drill for every possible movement a quarterback can make in the game. That's yeah. the second part. So I have my fundamental base that, that I taught you when you were 16 years old that I still yeah. do. And now I add those those extra the extra drills of just stuff that they're going to actually do in the game. Right, okay. right, right. They're in a in a four three over, and we get pressure from a three technique coming across our face. Okay, let me add that. Or I'm clearing the ball across my body, taking it out of danger of that three technique that your right guard's pushing across your face. Right, so right, that's, right. The, that's the two parts that I incorporated into armed and dangerous football. But if you came out and watched the workout, you'd be like, "Oh, clap drill. Oh man, this." You would you'd be like, "Dude, I remember doing everything." And it's 15 years later. You know? What yeah. I mean? So, well, and that's, I think, so that's what's interesting to me is it's like the fundamentals at their core, the fundamentals, right? That's and it. I guess that's what I'm interested to understand too, you know, because I've had the benefit, the listeners haven't, but I've had the benefit to like work with you and like, I, you know, have a, a glimpse of like what makes you such a great coach. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, there, there must be something else there that's like separating you from the other folks who are, you know, the, the countless quarterback coaches now that exist. Yeah that has kind of like kept you at this level? Like, would you say, is it that second part, that ability to take what you see as actual, like in game situations and, and break it down? Uh, no, I think it's a real simple thing. It's hmm. uh, it's the way I can communicate the information from my brain to the athlete and get them to understand it. Yeah. That's it. That's it yeah. right there. So it's always being able just to communicate the information. Cause there's a lot of coaches that know way more football Huh. Um, than me, but can they communicate all that information that they have to the athlete? Yeah. And everybody learns differently. You know, you learn differently than Nick Folds or right. Kellen Moore or, you know, Jordan Love. So as a quarterback coach, this, you know, I can't coach you and Jake Locker the same way. Possibly, I mean, I can, but I sometimes I have to communicate it differently because right. you're more of a, you're more of a visual guy. So I got to be able to visually show exactly how it right, looks. Right, right, right. And with Jake, I could say, hey, Jake, you know, when you're stepping and throwing, I want you to bring your bicep to your ear so you can have more of a, a over-the-top motion. Right, right, right. And so those are the things. But that's the yeah. one thing that separates me from other people doing, you know, this job. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you, I mean, you're a people person, but like, yeah. has that, were you aware that that was like such a, a advantageous skill for you? Uh, or has it just, has it just kind of like, you've, you've begun to understand that over time? Well, no, I mean, um, parents um, have, you know, approached me after workouts and say, hey, you do an unbelievable job of of telling, you know, the information or, or you know, letting my son know the information um, that he wants. And then also um, in camps, you know, do, you know, working at the QBR camp um, or working at the Manning Passing Academy, you know, which I've done now for eight years and have oh, Peyton awesome. and Eli, I yeah, of that. yeah, have Peyton, Eli, or or Mister uh, Mister Manning come up to me and say, "Hey, the way you communicate the information 
to these kids is unbelievable. I've never yeah. heard it broke down like that. I've never heard it told to a kid like that. Yeah. Just the amount of deep detail that I'm giving them. And so that's when I'm like, okay, that's the difference. You know, there's not a lot of, there's not, I don't believe there's bad coaches. There's only bad communicators. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, no, there's some bad coaches. I've had some. Um, <laughs> you know, what's funny is I, I read, uh, and again, a Seattle guy originally, but I read Pete Carroll's book and he identified that is is one of his strengths. And mm-hmm. I remember there's this really good example he had. He had some player at USC. I mean, they're all studs at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew it was a kid that like just did not respond to yelling. Like yell okay. at him, he's not he's not going to get the message. There's no right. point. Like, but you can mm-hmm. talk to him, and he's actually a really bright guy, and he'll be able to take that information, and he'll do exactly what you want him to do. Okay. Um. And so he was like, I started to pick up that like I had this ability to assess like what a person actually needed, and whatever. And he tells a story about this one time where the kid runs off the field, did something wrong, and Pete just starts screaming at him like he would some of the other guys. Right. And the kid just kind of like dumbfounded, stopped him. He was like, Why are you yelling at me? And he was like, oh, shit. He's like, that's right. He doesn't respond to this. Very well. He's like, oh, my bad. He's like, you know what? Next time, just do X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And, uh, but no, it's like, it's so critical. And I, I do feel like, you know, the ability to communicate is what really does like separate like the great coach mm-hmm. from the average coach. Because yeah. it's like you just if you can't get the information into their head in a way that they understand, like, that's it. Wow. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yes. It's just, oh it's, it's going in one ear and right out the other. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How, uh, and it's changed course a little bit. So I think, I don't think we were recording yet, but when I, when I met your son, who's now mm-hmm. like a stud defensive player in the NFL, he was 12. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, how awesome has it been to see like his development and progression? It's been great, you know, because when you met him, he still thought he was, uh, a basketball player. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I want to be hot sauce from uh, and one." You know, Dude, when the, the whole not, and one series. Not enough people be... <laughs> remember and one and hot sauce. <laughs> exactly. So he wanted to be, you know, hot sauce, and oh, dad, I want to play basketball. And I'm like, I said, I have a lot of knowledge about this foot, this game of football. I can give you. So I said, Man, <laughs> just, let's just continue to play both. Um, but you know, to his credit, um, he allowed me to coach him. He allowed mm. me to coach him, um, but it got to a point his senior year in high school where he heard my voice so much, it was just like, okay, our dad's telling me to, okay, because I'm coaching him as a receiver, you know? Right. And so he's just like, okay, dad's telling me to run a 12-yard speed out. Dad's telling me to run a go route. Okay, also dad's telling me to take the trash out. Dad's telling me to clean my room. Dad's telling yeah. me to So I said, okay, I have to you know, find somebody who can tell him the same information. Isn't that crazy? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're about to go through it. You're about to go through it. You uh, got kids now, Kenny. Well, I'm sending them to you. As soon as my little, that's what I was going to ask. He's like, how old do they have to be to ship them out for, for a period of time? Yeah. So uh, that was my biggest thing is, okay. So like my, my really good friend, Mike Scott, who played football with me in Germany, he runs a company like mine's, like mine. Yeah, yeah. Which is called Backpedal One on One. He oh. he does DBs, and I do receivers ah, and quarterbacks. Very cool. So he's been training my son since he was in the seventh grade. Awesome. So we would fly out to Dallas, where you know Mike Scott's located, and I used to be like, "Okay, Mike, here you go, take him," you know. And I'm listening to Mike coaching him, and I'm like, 
dude, I, I just said the same thing. <laughs> I, I swear I just said that. You know, but he would just take to it. And so, um, so I mean, that's kind of the path, um, you know, that we went on. And um, as far as, okay, let me find one voice. Okay, I'm not going to, I know a bunch of DB coaches, but right. I, I, there's one who can communicate the information does a great job of communi- communicating all this information about playing defensive back and cornerback and all these situations. I'm like, okay, you're in Texas. It's okay. I'm going to save my money and we're going to fly out here every month. Okay. Is there de- de- good defensive back coaches here in California? Yes, but I don't want him mix, no mixed information, one voice. Yeah. That, and that's what, that's what accelerated his path. And so he ends up, you know, getting one scholarship offer, one, with all the college coaches that I know across the country. So people Incredible. are like, people are like, oh, Nick, dude, you're, hey, you're so lucky. Your dad knows every college coach. Right. And I reached out to every one of them and they're like, ah, but man, he's only a, he's only a two star. And I'm like, he can really play the game. His football IQ is really, really high. And they're like, but there's this five star, man, you know, at modern day high school at St. John Bosco high school right there that we're going to take. And I'm like, okay. So he went, ended up going to UTEP. And uh, you can only go to one school anyway, even if you have 50 offers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, University of Texas at El Paso, they say, hey, we play man-to-man defense, press man, and that's your skill set. If you come here, we want to redshirt you, you know, let you get bigger, stronger, faster, and then you'll start for four years. And then that's what happened. You know, so he started for UTEP for four years, and he's the all-time leader in pass breakups in the history of the school. And (laughs) and so we're like, all right, man. So he has a fourth round grade. We're like, okay, he gets invited to the con. I mean, to the doesn't get invited to the combine, but he gets invited to the draft. So man, you know, NFL. We flew out to Nashville. We're like, man, we had dinner with Roger Goodell. We're like, dude, you're about to get drafted. Let's go. (laughs) Fourth round comes, nothing. The teams are calling, going, oh, okay, hey, if you're there in the fifth round, we're gonna get you. Right. Fifth round comes. But if you're there in the sixth round, hey, for sure we're going to pick you. Sixth yeah. round comes, nothing. Seventh round, nothing. He goes undrafted. How, how stressful is that time? It's I, I can't actually, even. Yeah, for him, he was going crazy because you uh, know when you have when you have these teams that are calling you. First of all, we're in Nashville. You know, we're in Nashville, and we're seeing guys walk up on the stage and all that stuff, and you're just like going, "Man, we're about to get picked!" Wow, and then nothing. And then, you know, the draft ends and then seven teams call and say, hey, you know, we want to offer you a contract. And the right. best situation that his agent decided was uh, the Miami Dolphins because they were, you know, completely rebuilding with right. a brand new head coach. And so he went to that situation and, you know, ended up making a team and was on the practice squad for the first, you know, four weeks. They brought him up, you know, week five and they said, OK, uh, we're not just going to put you on special teams. You're starting. You have to guard. The Redskins, oh, excuse me, the Washington football Washington team, football team thank you. the Washington football team's best receiver, Paul Richardson. He oh, goes wow. Get a, yeah, they were like, he goes Dude, and gets a hot I, dog, you he, put relish on the hot dog. <laughs> you follow and, him everywhere. And Richardson can fly. He can fly. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, and that was his, uh, he went out there and held uh, Paul Richardson to one catch for five yards. And they were like, awesome. okay, we got to steal. Yeah. <laughs> And he ended up starting, you know, 12 games for the Dolphins. Uh, so it's it's been unbelievable journey. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to be so proud. Yeah, definitely. So we're thinking, all right, man, dude, he's going to start his second year. And then the Dolphins go out and they uh, sign Byron Jones to five years, 82 million. 
And he goes, ah, okay. <laughs> I got to sit behind that guy. Because right. the year, yeah, the year before they signed Xavier and Howard to a five-year, $70 million contract. So they have the second and the third highest paid corners on his team, even though he's coming off 12 games where he started and, you know, did unbelievable as a rookie thinking, right. okay, he has a, he has a chance to, you know, solidify it. And then on top of signing Byron Jones, they draft a corner in the first round from out of Auburn. And he's like, so hey, he's what about of, me? What about me? Got to climb, guess, climb the totem pole again. Got, and that's uh, that's one of the phrases I use with him and all my athletes. I huh. said we're gonna we're gonna turn big rocks into little rocks with a really small hammer. So you just yeah. gotta continue to chip away, you know. Yeah, can you explain what you mean by that? Because I've seen, I, I like that. Yeah, it's just you know, no situation is ever gonna turn out the way you want to. You just have mm. to continue to work. You just have yeah. to. Con- that's all you know. That's all you can control is your effort and your attitude. You can't yeah. control anything else. You can't control the general manager or the owner, you know, signing a guy for $82 million or drafting a guy in the first round. You can't control that. All you can control is your work ethic. And so yeah. that's where um, I can't take credit for that saying. It's actually Keenan Allen's father who told me oh, that. Oh, really? Know? All right. Yeah, yeah, five years ago. Scott Lang is his name. Scott Lang, I'm giving you credit. He never he tells <laughs> me. You never give me credit for that saying. You use it all Wait, the time. I'll put it yeah. in the show notes. I'll put yeah. it in the show notes. Everyone will know. Big rocks, little rocks, small hammer. That's, That's awesome. It. You That's you it. said some you said something else that uh, I think is really interesting. You you said that you only wanted him to have like one voice. Correct. Right. Um, Correct. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I, I feel like that's important. Uh, and before I like give my opinion on why I think okay. that matters, I would I would love to hear why you thought that was like really important, especially for him. Yeah. Well, you know, there is there's so many different ways to train a DB. And so when you, if you have your, your son going to two or three different defensive back coaches, yeah. I don't think he will ever reach his full potential and his skill set because he's trying to do a little bit of defensive back coach one, defensive back coach two, defensive back coach three. Yeah. You know, so you get confused. So he doesn't, he's not, he's kind of uh, paralysis by analysis. So he's thinking, right. of, okay, DB1. Coach said this, DB2 coach said this, DB3 coach said this. And so he's thinking and not just reacting. And so when he just has one voice, now he has the same information with the same voice, with the same techniques. So now he can just play. He can take that information and just go out there, see how much muscle memory he's created and just play and not have to think. You know, and and thinking like now, I mean, I haven't thought about playing quarterback for a long time, but like um, it is tough when you have multiple voices trying to tell you how to do something because it's like it's conflicting. Like I remember like I would go out and train with you and my shit would be I'd be I don't know why I'm cursing so much. I would be dialed in. Right. You know what I mean? I felt like I found my rhythm and man, I could, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I would get back on campus and then that quarterback coach would be like, whoa, what's this new stuff? Like, get that out of here. Like, let's dial you back into to like my mold. And then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, you become mm-hmm. this weird, like conflicted. Exactly. It's tough. And so I actually, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, hopefully you work with the best coach, ideally. Right. But sure. it almost sounds like it's regardless. There's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. It's better to stick with like kind of like one yeah. consistent approach and just get excellent at that. It, that's exactly right. So it's always I'm always really careful of 
especially where there's high school kids or college kids, when they come to me, I say, hey, well, how do you guys take your three-step drop? How, how are you guys' feet set when you guys are in shotgun? Hmm. Okay? Because I don't want to teach it the way I want you to do it. I'm going to teach it the way they want you to do it. And yeah. I'm just going to polish their technique. Okay, They want the and left that's foot so up in shotgun. That's really important because you don't lose the respect of that quarterback, of that quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator from the high school team or the college team. Right. Okay? And they call me up and they say, hey, Steve, hey, man, I was skeptical about my quarterback coming to see you. But, man, because they've had guys where they would come back after the summer throwing completely different, using different footwork, all those things. And they're like, no, we don't do that here at, at Virginia Tech. This is where right. we do it. So right. it's always important for me to uh, ask them first, the player first, how do you guys do it at your school? Because you don't play for me, you play for them. And I don't yeah. want you to go back to school and get in trouble. And then they call me, I'm going, hey, what are, you, what are you teaching this technique? We don't do that here at this school. So it's really, really important that uh, you know I teach them the way they do it at their school. Yeah, is it is it tough? Because it's you're almost like a consultant. I mean, you are. You're like a consultant mm-hmm. in that way where I don't think anymore you probably get the opportunity to like have a guy for an entire season like completely under your watch, right? It's like it's at some level it sounds like you always got to send them back to their school, their program, their coach. Um is that tough to navigate? Um not anymore. Ah, okay. We- we have FaceTime. We have Zoom calls where we yeah. can actually put film on of them practicing and we I can talk them through it. Uh, and I'm just an extra pair of eyes for the coaches that they're playing for. Um, for example, I'm training uh, Felipe Franks right now. He's a quarterback at University of Arkansas. He was at University of Florida. Yeah, Florida, Florida Gator. Yep. Florida Gator. And so he transferred to the University of Arkansas. So I've been out there uh, twice in the last month. Um, ah, just okay. to work, yeah, because I'm that's one of the quarterbacks I'm going to be training for this year's coming up draft. And so awesome. I said, I said, I want to give you a head start of what we're going to be doing in the pre draft, plus, it's going to help you play better in the SEC season. Mm-hmm. And so, so he was like, Okay, well, we would get on Zoom calls. So, you know, like I said, I've only been out there twice, but the other times that I'm, I'm here in California, we get on a Zoom call. He can pull up his film from practice, and he yeah. goes, hey, well, what, what's wrong with my footwork here? Why did I miss this throw high, low, right, or left? And I can explain, okay, remember the drill we did when I was out there in Fayetteville? Okay, this is the drill that will help you become more uh, more consistent with that throw. Right. And so it's it's not hard anymore with all the stuff we have as far as with, you know, yeah, I mean, you can stay connected so much easier. Yeah, are, are the coaches um, like? I mean, you don't have to speak specifically about Arkansas because you've worked with guys at all sorts of schools. Are, are coaches usually pretty receptive to like your role in the process, or does it really depend? Um, I would say ninety percent of them are really receptive, really open yeah. to um, because I mean, I am a voice with the kid and with the parents to help them decide on going to that school. Yeah. So, for example, I have a, a, a senior to be quarterback named Peter Costelli, who's committed to University of Utah. OK, and so they say, hey, well, who are you working with um, in the offseason or when you're in California? Oh, Steve Calhoun, Armed and Dangerous Football. I've been working with him since I was a sixth grader. And they go, oh, OK. And so the parents and Peter, they asked me when when the recruiting comes down to those five schools, what school should I pick and the reason why? And, and I have a small, small piece in that puzzle of why he chose that school. And yeah. so when the universe, you know, coach Willingham, he understands, Oh, okay. Well, Steve, you're working with Steve and, and you're going to continue to work with Steve. Um, 
when you're in the off season, when you're not here. Um, so I either I have to learn to say, okay, that's fine. Okay. Steve is going to be part of this process. And I'm, and, right. and you know, the first thing coach Winham, what do you guys teach, you know, offensively, how, you know, how do you want your quarterbacks, you know, footwork on this throw on the slant or the, or whatever it is. And he goes, man, I, I appreciate you even asking. I said, because those, these are the things I want to be teaching Peter when he's here with me in the off season just yeah. to continue to enhance his footwork and his, you know, in that offense. And so he appreciates that, you know, so that's always been a great thing. I feel like that, uh, that's gotta be tougher for you. Maybe it isn't anymore. Now it kind of is second nature, but like you have to be like very adaptive, right? Like you yes. can't be like a one trick pony. It's like, no, Hey, no. armed and dangerous. Like this is the way we throw it and that's it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like to what I'm hearing is like, no, like I take the time to understand how they do it at their program yes. and then I'll polish. You That's know, I'll, I'll make it work. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But there is a, there's a coach that, um, that chastised me. Um, <laughs> he said, I, I know more about the quarterback position than you. I don't want you working with my guys in the off season. And uh -huh. I appreciate it if you didn't. And I said, <laughs> wow. Okay. Coach, no problem. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. And once we yeah. get off here, I would, I Tell would me who that dig is. deeper. Yeah, I'll dig deeper into that story because it threw me off. That sounds you know? like a that sounds like an ego thing more than yeah. uh right. Cause if you're confident yeah. in what you're teaching them, it's like, yeah, yes. go yeah, go work with who you like to work with. Just come back right. and be ready to roll. Yeah. And I'm teaching it, you know, teaching them stuff in their offense. Not like I'm teaching a uh, New England's offense. I'm teaching your college offense, you know what I mean? Right. What you got. So but he took offense to it and uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. We'll bat. We'll bash him later. Uh, <laughs> you also said something too. Like how how many guys have you had the opportunity to train from a young age and see them develop? Like this this kid that you said going to Utah. Like you started working with him. Yeah. In what sixth grade? Sixth grade. Yeah. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, Cody Kessler. Uh, you know he was drafted in the third round by the Cleveland Browns out of USC. I had yep. him since the sixth grade. Uh, Jordan Love, who was a 26 pick overall by the Packers. I had him since the eighth grade. So oh, wow. there's quite a few guys um, who have had the opportunity. Uh, Keith Price, who played at University of Washington. Oh, you know? dude, I didn't know you worked with Keith Price. Absolutely. Since the eighth grade. Oh, you know? dude, I love all Keith through, Price. Dude. Yeah. All throughout high school, all through his time at, at UW. And yeah. No way. So, yeah. Oh, shoot. I didn't know that. Yeah. Keith yeah. Price was, he's so underrated, by the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a big Husky fan. Right. Um, I feel like he's just kind of been like, hey, dude, he killed it when he was yes. there. Yes. I was definitely. really hopeful that he was going to get a chance in the NFL. Um, yeah. uh, but hey, I, you know. yeah, I remember just a quick story about that is I went up to uh, Seattle to to run Keith Price's pro day. And oh, I was okay. up there for a week, and that was the same year that it was a lockout. It was a lockout in the NFL, and the Seattle Seahawks had just drafted um, Russell Wilson. So wow. Keith, you know, Keith goes, Hey man, um, Russell reached out to me because we they're not allowed to train at their facility. Could he come and jump in a couple of our workouts, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And he came down, you know, to the bubble and for the very first time, and you know how detailed my workouts are. You know, there's a lot of terminology, right. there's a lot of movements. And Russell absolutely crushed the workout. Like crushed it. Like he's yeah. been doing it for five years, you know. And me right. and Keith are looking at each other like 
okay, this guy's going to be good. He's about to right. be really good. You yeah. can just tell that, yeah, he, he, tell. he was on another level. Oh, another level. The way he could process the information, be able to hear it and be able to do it. Yeah. That's the thing. I said, oh, he's going to have a lot of success in the NFL. So, what's in, I mean, he, I mean, behind, I don't know. I mean, Mahomes is. Mahomes is pretty darn good, yes, but like I, I feel like Russell Wilson right now is uh, it's like Mahomes and him, at he, least the way this season started. Yes, definitely, he's definitely a top five quarterback. You know, yeah, you know. So uh, it's interesting that he's never got one vote to, for MVP, not one, not one That's MVP. Insane. Won a Super Bowl, went back to back to another Super Bowl, lost on the last play of the game, and he's never, you know, has yeah, man, gotten one vote for it's MVP. It's crazy, yeah. So, so what, what, what's, uh, man, so what, what's, what's next for you in the future? Cause now I like, got, what I'm actually wondering really, I guess what I'm really asking is like, how on earth do you balance all this? Cause you're, you're going over, you're running camps in, in Europe when COVID is mm-hmm. not an issue, you're running camps all over the country, you're training your private clients. Like how, how do you find the time to balance all that? Um, it's really not hard. Okay. So a normal or normal year for me would yeah. be, I'm going to start with January. Um, it would be do my NFL draft prep. Okay. So for example, you know, I had um, Jordan Love this year. Okay? Yeah. I had Jordan Love had, and I had the quarterback Jalen Henderson from Boise State and had the quarterback from UTEP, uh, Kai Loxley. So I okay. had those three guys. So I'm working with those guys for draft prep. And then I'm also working with my college guys who would come home for spring break. And yeah. then there's my, the off season high school, um, camp and youth program, um, that I'm running. And so that is like seven days a week, 10 hours a day. Plus I'm flying to the senior bowl with Jordan. You know, I'm there for three days, flying back, going to Jordan, going to the NFL combine in Indianapolis for four days, coming back. And so it was just on the plane, but it's, it's such a grind. And right. so normal in a normal year come August 1st, everybody's in training camp. Everybody's starting football. Yeah. And that's when I would take my break to Europe and have a little bit of vacation time and run a few camps over there to just continue to, you know, develop the game. Come back um, September 1st, fly to the Miami Dolphins game and then fly, you know, come back home, go watch Keenan Allen play uh, right. you know, for the for the Chargers, fly to Chicago to go watch uh, Cordero Bat- Patterson play, you know, and it's just so during the during the season, it's a lot slower, a lot slower because all the all the kids uh, as far as high school and, you know, they're all in school. So if I do see my high school kids or my youth kids, I see them on the weekend. So I run what I call a tune up camp twice okay. a month, twice mm. a month for high school kids, because I just don't believe you should work on all these things during the from January to August and then not be able to work on them during the season. You know, like you'll be sharp the first two, three games. And then if yeah. you don't have a coach who understands about throwing mechanics and footwork, I think you start to get a little bit sloppy. And so yeah. that's why I came up with the concept of running those tune-up camps. It's not a hard off-season grind workout, just like it sounds. It's just a little tune-up. We'll come out, jump some rope, keep your you know, keep your feet nice and quick, yeah. and just and just go through some uh, throwing mechanics and some footwork for an hour and a half. And then, you know, ship them off. Yeah, polish them up and get them back. So, I mean, that's when I really get a chance to kind of recharge my batteries is is during the season. Because it's Uh, not seven days Ironically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I would not have suspected that, actually. But that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But now, I'm sorry to cut you off, but now. No, you're good. 
since we here in California, we're not allowed to play football, no high school youth football. I basically oh, started a whole that, nother. There's no there's high school, no high school youth right now. Oh, wow. No. So basically so I started was, a whole nother off season. So I'm working seven days a week. Again. Yeah. Oh, man. Crazy. Because these kids hey, are clamoring for it. I've, I've got a question for you. Now, yes. being a father, um, like, and you've worked with kids at all ages now, like, at what point, because I also know there's the ugly side of parenting, right? Okay. There's the the mom and dad who just knows that their kid is going to be an mm-hmm. NFL quarterback and, you know, and, right. and it, it can get, there can be that side of it. Like, from your perspective, like, when is the right age for a kid who is, I, I think, probably the most important thing is that they're, they, they are interested in it. They are interested. What, yeah. What, what is the right age where like kids can really start to benefit from like, you know what I mean? This level of like coaching and like skill acquisition. Is, it, think, is, it, is it earlier than I'm thinking? Is it later? Like, what do you think? I'm thinking it's eight or nine, but it really depends on the kid though. Ah, and, but it's definitely right around eight or nine. Okay. Cause yeah. I used to have, you know, a group of seven year olds and we're out there, you know, doing some drills and there's a, a plane flying, you know, over and they would all stop and be like, Hey, coach Calhoun, look at the plane. And I'm like, no, no, no. Bicep to ear, bicep to ear, you know? So I said, okay. And so their attention span just wasn't there. You can't keep them there for longer than 45 minutes. So, so I've gotten going. So now my earliest uh, is like maybe 11 but it really just depends on the kid. If yeah. if someone brings me an eight year old that can tell me, hey, well, you know, uh, Tom Brady, he was uh, twenty one of thirty four for two hundred and forty three yards on uh, Sunday against Drew Brees, yeah. coach. I'm like, okay, we can work out. You know what I mean? Because he's right. just so locked in. And then there's other kids who want to talk about SpongeBob, you know, and, <laughs> and Mickey. And there's and there's a time and a place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a time and a place for SpongeBob. Right. Yeah, and that's that's something that uh, I, I think about a lot, and I feel like people who listen to this show probably think that I'm a lunatic, but I'm actually I actually go the other way with it. Like the right. I've seen the side where a parent can burn a kid out and actually oh, yeah. like s- steal the 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 joy from it. Yes, and even any potential they might have had ends up unrealized because they just like they just don't want to do it anymore. Correct, but. You know, and so like the more I've kind of thought about this, it's um, and looking back, like in my own life, like I would imagine I would have been one of those kids where it's like you couldn't have there wouldn't have there wouldn't have been a thing is like too much. Right. Like I was clamoring to be yeah. out shooting, playing yeah. at any given opportunity and often had to be like pulled back in. Correct. Um, you know, so I, it's, I I'm it makes sense to hear that it's about like the kid, the individual, yes. very interest Absolutely. level, like. And yeah. I have no problem at all letting the parent know, okay, your son really wants to be a kicker, not a quarterback. Please let him go be a kicker. He is right. so disinterested in the things I'm telling him. It, <laughs> it's it's not fun for me to try to just like beat a dead horse, basically using that old that old phrase. Yeah, because he's yeah. just like looking at me like. God, when's this session over, Coach Calhoun? And I'm an energetic. I want to give you energy, and you got to give it back. And that just right. makes it, you know, yeah. I'm super passionate about what I do, and and when I'm giving you that energy, and I tell the, I tell my athletes and my quarterbacks and receivers, I said you have to reciprocate. Okay, I said you have to, you have to bring energy. 
You know, because mm. most kids, they want to, all right, coach, put the music on. You got your Bluetooth speaker. Oh, man, let's, let's listen to Lil Yachty and, and Lil Uzi Vert <laughs> and Lil, Lil Wayne and Lil Baby and all these little guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, like, you have to bring your own juice. If I'm giving you that energy, you got to give it back. And yeah. so you have a kid who's just like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. I would definitely let the parents know, okay, you're absolutely wasting your money. Okay. So keep it. You can go and gamble it, you know, but I don't, I'm not going to take it. Cause I mean, it brings me down when I'm giving that much energy, you know, to a client and he's not giving it back and he's not trying to get better. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's frustrating for me. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, let me ask you this. And I feel like you might've just hit, but like, what, what is your favorite part of the job? Like you've been doing it now, what, uh, 15 years, 15 longer? years. 15 years. I mean, yeah. like I, what gets you still like excited about it? To see some of the stuff that we worked on in the offseason translate into the game. Yeah. That's the first thing. And then the second part of part of that is if when they give me a call and say, hey, Steve, God, you know, like if you know Felipe Franks, who's playing for the University of Arkansas, they're playing Georgia next week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they happen to, you know, beat Georgia and he calls me up after the game and says, Hey, Steve, man, God, hey, um, thank you for helping me get to this level. Or Keenan Allen being a pro bowler. Um, right. You know, three years in a row or, you know, Keenan just signing, you know, an $80 million extension, $80 million. And he calls me up. Those you know, some big rocks. Arkansas. Yeah, those are some big <laughs> rocks. <laughs> calls me up, you know, I'm in Fedville, you know, with Felipe. And he goes, hey, Steve, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm about to go work out Felipe. He goes, oh, I'm driving to go sign my my new extension. I'm like, dude, congratulations. He's like, man, thank you for all your help over the last 10 years, man. I'm like, yeah. what, are you, what are you signing for? He's like, $80 million. I'm like... <laughs> Okay. I said, man, can you loan me $5 now? He's like, I will loan you $10 now. <laughs> so just those things, you know, those yeah. kids call in and say, you know, Jordan Love, being being with Jordan at his house when he got the phone call from the Packers. Right. You know, and Coach LaFleur gets on the phone, hey, Jordan, man, are you ready to be a Packer? And, you know, after all that, he gets drafted and he's like, Steve, thank you, man. Through all the last eight years that you helped me continue to develop my skill. Like that's the gratification for that is is unbelievable. So yeah. gratifying. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Those that's are the awesome. moments. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, dude. Last question, because I could probably talk your ear off for another hour or two. <laughs> One thing that I'm interested in is like, obviously, you're an expert with quarterbacking. But I feel like even just talking today, like a lot of the guys that you're talking about that you work with, wide receivers, tight yes. ends, yes. like how has how that kind of part of your practice evolved? And, and, and like, how, how are you working with those guys? Yeah. Okay. So um, after I was working with Coach DeFree, so my my trajectory was, okay, I want to coach, I want to be an NFL coach. Okay. So I'm going to coach high school football and I'm going to yep. coach college football and I'm going to go that was my plan so after I coached with coach DeFreeze my very first year in 2004 okay the next year I'm like all right coach man I want to go explore my options so I got in touch with uh, junior college coach at Golden West College and he goes hey and he goes hey you know we have a quarterback position open I'm like great I'll take it so I went down the interview hey you're hired okay and then he Calls me back the next day. He goes, hey, the quarterback coach that was here last year, you know, whatever he was about to do, it it didn't work out. He wants to come back. But we do have a receiver position open. Are you interested? I'm like, 
yeah, yeah, I, I can coach receivers, you right. know, because I mean, I've been throwing the receivers my whole life. So yeah. I know, I know where I want them to be. And I just didn't know how to explain to get in and out of the breaks and yeah. focus on the details. So I started watching film, just start watching film and just started going, okay, man, I saw a receiver run a route and he didn't do something. So I said, man, that would be a great drill for the, for my guys at Golden West College to do. Yeah. And so that's how it started to develop. Okay. So people said, man, you're a quarterback coach, but how do you coach receivers? How do you have, you know, I have 20 NFL receivers and tight yeah. ends in the NFL, you know, <laughs> and they're like, but you're a quarterback, you know, for a quarterback coach. Right. And so I just, you know, just kept same way I watch quarterbacks. I'll watch a game see him struggle with something, I'm like, dude, that would be a great drill to add to my Armed and Dangerous football program. Same yeah. thing with receivers. And then you start to, to work with guys and you see them doing something wrong and you just start to think outside the box on how can they do that better and be mm. more efficient with that movement. And that's how this developed. So it's funny how, you know, I talked to people who wanted to market me and they're like, dude, Dude, you, you got to stop coaching receivers. Man, we want to market you as this top quarterback guru guy, but you coach receivers. And I was like, well, why can't you just market me as a coach? Right. You have to coach quarterbacks and receivers. Yeah. And they were like, no, you, there's a certain market, you know, because, I mean, there's a lot of guys who who have been now on ESPN, you know, like George Whitfield. He was like on college game day. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw that and I was actually angry. Let me just tell you. <laughs> and actually, I don't know George. He might be fantastic. I'm sure, you know, what, but I was like, they, they got the wrong guy. Right. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, having, you know, my agent or my marketing team try to pitch me to, to, you know, ESPN for that position. They're like, it, it's hard to try to pitch you because you coach, you're known for receivers too. Uh, like, I can talk both. And so that's kind of yeah, been my so, struggle, you know, huh. of, of how you market Steve Calhoun. Yeah. And so it, it oh, is what it interesting. is. Because yeah. it should be additive. I don't know. Well, it, you know, it, I, I want to tell you something. I wonder if like you think about it in these terms, but I've, I've been really fortunate over the course of this podcast to talk to some, some really awesome people mm -hmm. in really different walks of life. Um, actually, I think it's... It, a guy I just spoke to this week, actually, he's a high school track coach who has kind of developed into this like international sprint expert. Wow. And um, I mean, I'd be happy to introduce you if there was any reason that it made sense to. But um, okay. actually, it might. We should talk about that after the show. But the same way that he approaches like sprinting and working with his track guys mm -hmm. is like what the same thing I'm hearing from you. It's like constant innovation. Mm -hmm. It's not like looking at what do people traditionally do it's like mm -hmm. no like what are the demands of the sport it's like yes. constantly learning watching film building something around that um that just seems to be like a consistent trait among people who are doing really like innovative things that are like mm -hmm. pushing whatever their specialty is forward like are you like kind of consciously aware of that or is that just like the way that your mind operates with all the things that you do I am aware of that and it's, it's, it's a gift. Um, yeah. but I'm, you know, the, I have to, um, uh, give a shout out to the, the, the Manning family, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the show to be able to go be around the Mannings for four and a half days, you know, Peyton, 
Archie, Eli, Cooper. Yeah. And, you know, they have Mike McCarthy come in because Mike McCarthy's son is at the camp. And and um, uh, Coach Payton from, you know, the Saints, you know, because it's right there because we're in Thibodeau, Louisiana. So and they always they never get tired of talking ball. They, you know, no one there gets tired of talking football. So the amount of knowledge that I can get from Peyton and Eli yeah. and from, from Archie, and I'm able to get that information and uh, formulate it in the way I want to deliver it to my quarterbacks and just pass that. Because quarterback is quarterbacking. There's, mm. there's nothing new. The wheel's been round since 1908 <laughs> or whatever it's been, 1901. Right. The wheel's been round. You can't reinvent it. Okay, but you can uh, figure out a better way to deliver the information to the quarterback of that same wheel. Yeah, Yeah, it's round like this. But man, okay, let's look at it from the inside of the spokes and not on the outside. Let's look at it from, you know, in front of the wheel, you know, and it's just all about taking that information and being able, like we talked about earlier, just communicate it. So I I love being able to 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 be invited back to the Manning Passing Academy every year. It's a it's a who's who. And it's it takes a lot to be invited to coach there you know because you are i mean like i feel like even people who aren't diehard football fans know about like the manning academy right you know what i mean like it's it's featured all the time it's a really important thing for like top prospects to be at you know what i mean like yeah that's awesome i i didn't realize you were doing that so cool yeah so i mean that's that's an unbelievable thing to to have access to and and if when you get invited, they're like, okay, we want you here every year. You're, you're basically a Manning now because you're an extension of our family and they really treat it as a family. And, you know, I can call up Peyton and Eli and, and, and Mr. Manning right now, if I have any questions about quarterback or football, they, they, they allow us to have that type of access to them. So I'm always growing as a quarterback coach of football yeah, junkie. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. You know, and 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 the same way I can coach receivers, you know, Peyton and Eli can coach receivers because they know exactly where they want them to be and how they want them to get in and out of their break and stuff like that. So I'm always constantly learning. I'm never gonna stop and I'm just gonna continue to grow, you know, armed and dangerous football. I love it, man. All right. I've got one question for you and we'll we'll wrap it up on this. Okay. Uh are great quarterbacks born? Or are they made? They're made. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So if you have a really good athlete who has like some natural potential, we can get them polished up into a Absolutely. stud. Absolutely. Okay. I love Absolutely. it. No doubt about it. And awesome. I'm just a man to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nicely done. <laughs> Pick that one home perfectly, Steve. Man, dude, this is this has been such a blast. Uh, yeah. It was awesome to reconnect, and uh, man, I, I just feel like uh, your story is so incredible, and I'm so excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time to do the show. No, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm definitely gonna take you up on coming out. Yeah, don't, don't, dude. I'm not trying to work out when with you when I come and visit. <laughs> I saw your whole family's working out. I'm like, oh my god, I just want to come and just just take a little vacation, man. You know, have me doing pull ups with a hundred pound plate. Like, no, Kenny, I just want to. Yeah. Relax. All right, we'll do yeah. we'll do that on a on a deload week. Okay. We'll, oh, uh, okay. We'll, have, we'll, ha- we'll have you out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome, man. I'll, yeah, you hey, got to take me up on that. Yeah. Hey, continue success on your podcast, man. You're doing an unbelievable job, man. Thank you for having me on. And yeah. Uh, I'm oh, actually, gonna... 
really quickly, and I want to make sure I don't miss this. For, for people who do want to follow what you're doing, I know there's a couple places. Where where should I point them? Yeah, um, I have a website, armeddangerousfootball.com. They can reach yep. me there. Um, Instagram, it's armed dangerous. Yeah. And then on Twitter, it's uh, armed QBS. Yeah. Mom QBS at Twitter or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll link to all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, man, this, this is this has been a blast. Man, appreciate you. Let me uh let me know how old I am, dude, because you were 17, <laughs> you were 16 when I met you. Now you're 33. What? And oh now I've God. got now I've got kids running drills in the backyard. There you go. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome man. man. Mommy. You better go ask mommy, daddy. <laughs> Okay. You know, actually, maybe a good place to start is uh, you were saying that you actually had a tough time getting your takeaways done because the conversation was just like so easy to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I'm like jotting down notes and I know. But yeah, it was just I was just enjoying the conversation. Yeah. He's fantastic. Like I knew he was going to be good to have on the show, but I just ended up having so much fun catching up with him. I feel like that almost like yeah. took over. Um, yeah, it was fun to listen to. Well, and what's crazy for me is to think like, I mean, I, yeah, we said I was 16. I think I actually worked with him twice at quarterback camp. Um, and then I went to work out with him once in college, like actually in California. And uh, I just can't believe how much time has passed. Yeah. Which is a long just, time ago. Well, And it's one of those things that like I remember so vividly. Yeah, and there's very few of those now, I feel, <laughs> from back then at least. From back then, yeah, because most of it was just uh, soaked in booze. Oh, my God. <laughs> People are like, what was this guy's deal? No, it's just college, folks. Tough to remember some of this stuff. Oh, are they in high school? Oh, high school? No, come on. I walked I walked the straight and narrow. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until uh, college that I let my hair down. <laughs> But anyways, there, there was a couple things um, that I thought really, really stood out to me. And, uh, you know, I was excited to hear that from his perspective, he felt the same way about what made like what he does and what makes him successful. Um, and first and foremost, the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and I actually didn't expect him to say what he said. You know, I thought he'd said, no, you know, look, over the last 10 years, there's been new things that I've added to my arsenal and, you know, and I'm sure he has. Yeah. I'm sure there has. I'm sure there have been. Yeah. But he was like, no, really it's like fundamentals. It's like the same stuff that my mentor taught me is the same stuff that I'm passing on to all these guys that I work with. Cause it works. Yeah. Cause it works. Yeah. And it's kind of just like important to take a step back and realize that like you cannot get away from the fundamentals. Yeah. He's like, no one's reinventing the wheel of Mm -hmm. quarterbacking. Is that a, is that a, per, it per, is. And if it's, not, if it's not, I used it too. Okay. So I'm actually quite impressed with you, <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's, did my voice just squeak? It did. And then you brought attention to it and you yeah, made it weird. You could have totally played it off. Had you not. People would have just thought it was their headphones. They would have thought feedback. you were excited. <laughs> I know it's early. They wouldn't have known that that's completely unnatural for your voice to uh, do. Damn it. <laughs> Correct. But moving on. No, I I think it's easy to assume that when you start seeing what guys are doing at the very elite level, like it's all these really advanced techniques. Mm -hmm. It's things that like the average person just doesn't have access to or 
Yeah, kind of like he said, some of this gimmicky stuff where guys are training in waist-deep water yeah. and on a beach. And he's like, no. He's like, look, I work with pro bowlers. I work with first-round draft picks. I think he has he like 20-something guys in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. That might even just have been wide receivers. I can't. Wide receivers, he said. You know, and it's like, look, for him, it's fundamentals. So don't get caught up in all this stuff. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit with Instagram. There's a lot of hype. Yeah out there a lot of flashy stuff a lot of flash a lot of flash says sonia don't glitz get... and glam <laughs> a lot of glitz and glam i like the story about russell wilson though how he just like popped into his yeah one day and just never done the workout before but just murdered it yeah but i feel like that speaks to his workout too because mm-hmm. it's it's like it's something that a great quarterback would just naturally be good at because it, it's trying to teach a great quarterback that's a really good point Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, there's probably a lot to be said for that too. Like, because I think at that point, Russell Wilson was already with the Seahawks. I can't remember if he said it was like his first year. It was, it was one of the earlier years. Year. But, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson went, I think, in the third round and he only dropped that far because people underestimated what he could do because of his height. Mm-hmm. So to your point, like he was an awesome quarterback. Yeah. Wait, isn't he like 6'2"? No. Uh, no, I think he's like 5'11 on a good day. Oh, dang. Uh, maybe he's six foot. I might be taking an inch away from him. But anyways, regardless, he's undersized. But yeah, the writing, I think, was probably on the wall back then because Russell Wilson is, like I said, one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL today. A completely unbiased opinion, by the way. That is actually unbiased. <laughs> yeah, that okay. is objective. His first two weeks of this season, he has just lit the league on fire. Um, But yeah, so I just, I thought that was so important. Mm-hmm. Um, Now you... Had a takeaway that you wanted to talk about. <laughs> I love how you introduce my takeaways. You're always like, well, because you're never, you know, you're not going to talk over me, and I, I have a very dominating approach, <laughs> so I want to make sure that I, I, I uh, you know, give the floor up. Oh, thank you, your mm-hmm. meek and mild wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was important. Also, he said it's important to have just one voice when yeah. you're coaching these kids, and I thought, like, especially with you you go train with him and then you come back to Princeton right? and your quarterback coach there, who I guess wasn't very good. <laughs> Should I not say that? No, you can say that all you want. But yeah, go ahead. Just com- put like completely different ideas in your head and messed up the good work you had just done. Yeah, that was true to an extent, you know, and I have to take some responsibility. Like, you know, I wasn't doing everything perfectly, but uh, yeah, it's, it's tough if you're taking input from too many sources. Yeah. Because there's so many different styles and approaches. So many ways to skin a cat. Yeah. That's becoming one of the most <laughs> popular uh, phrases uh, on the show. But, you know, like I'm thinking about the conversation with Eric Hosmer, right? One of the things he said is you have to be really discerning with whose advice you take. Mm-hmm. You know, and we weren't even talking about like multiple coaches. It was just like, hey, there's a lot of advice out there. You need to like, you really need to be careful about like what's worth actually like taking and implementing. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what Steve was saying here too, right? Like, yeah, he didn't want to create a, a situation where his son 
was constantly trying to leverage all these different concepts and techniques. He knew that he would be better off if he worked with one coach who was really good, who gave him consistent feedback and technique. Even if it was the same feedback he was giving him. Even if it, yeah, I know this is going to happen with our kids. How frustrating. I would be so annoyed. Yeah. But just think about it. You know, it's like to his point, if you have the same person telling you <laughs> to do something at practice is the same person who's telling you to like take out the trash. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, there's there's a benefit in Ugh, having parents. a different personality and perspective. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's so annoying, though. I'm not I looking forward to that. agree. Um, now, hit my last takeaway is one that I thought just hit the nail on the head. One, because I know him, I know what it's like to work with him. But two, I just think this is so applicable, especially in sales. Um, you know, when I asked him, like, what was the thing that separates you from the pack amongst all these, other, I, I imagine now hundreds, maybe even thousands of quarterback coaches, experts, self-proclaimed gurus, like what so separates you from the pack? Like, why do all these like elite accomplished athletes keep coming back to work out with you? Um, you know, he said the differentiator was communication. Mm -hmm. like his ability to translate the idea and concepts that he has in his head into something that like his student can understand and then go and apply. Yeah. And it's not just like he's a way of talking to a certain kind of person. Like he, he can talk to any kind of kid and, and figure out what that person needs. Yeah. And I thought was, what was really important too, is he said, he always is, is operating almost like a consultant. And I mean that to say, you know, he doesn't try and like completely change the style of that kid. Like he's very conscious mm -hmm. of the system that they're going to be asked to operate in. He How much work is that? That's crazy to lot. learn the entire like operations of a total, like how many different teams how many different guys does he have? To oh train? my God. That's crazy. I mean, at the so college level, there's hundreds of programs. At the NFL level, you know, there's 32 teams. But high schools? Yeah, it's and, crazy. In high school, there is a lot of variation because mm -hmm. the, the, the type of offenses that is run from one high school to the next can vary so wildly. So, yeah, it's it's probably it probably was, I imagine, like uh, maybe not difficult for him, but it would be very difficult. Because mm -hmm. you have teams that run the option. You have teams that run nothing but spread. You have teams that run like tradition. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's all these different offensive styles. And then within that, like each quarterback is, you know, a coach has his preference for like the type of footwork, the timing mm -hmm. on routes. Um, so I think it's really smart that he goes in, polishes up again, uh, you know, the fundamentals and then gets them to a spot as best as possible that's going to fit within the system that they have to go back to. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just think that's so important. It's like the ability to communicate. I mean, if you're a good communicator, there are so many different opportunities and areas where you can like excel. Yeah. Like I see this all the time in sales. Like there's there, a great salesperson is a great communicator. Yeah. There's people who know everything about a product they know everything about their client. They're really good at doing prep. They put together beautiful decks, but if they're shitty communicators, like they're, they're terrible. Yeah. I feel like communication is your strong point. Hope so. Unless we're fighting and then I'm like, shut up, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a really strong communicator when you're angry. Very loud, very loud communicator. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, I hope I'm a good communicator. I have a podcast and I'm in sales. So <laughs> if not, this is the wrong line of work. You're okay. Yeah. Well, um, I think uh, the biggest takeaway is as soon as our boys are old enough. We're sending, I know. I was going to say. We're sending them out to Steve. How exciting. Get them polished up. Only eight more years. Yeah. I agree. Eight more years. Oh, oh that's right. Oh, that's that's good, too. You we say should, 11 is the youngest he works with? You're right. And I think that's an important uh, point to mention. Like, if you are a parent listening, like, just pay attention to what someone who works with, like, kids and deals with like very competitive parents mm-hmm. uh, on a daily level, like that's what he said. Like 11 yeah. is probably about the right age to like really start like. Well, he said eight to nine to like start teaching them depending on the kid. Right. Of course. But then he said 11 is the youngest he works with. That's true. And I think that so much of that is personality. Yeah. You know, there are, I mean, everyone knows that eight or nine year old who is just like so into something yeah, yeah. and, and kind of like years everybody ahead, ahead knows of one of those <laughs> no but you know you know back when you were you know, yeah but yeah you just you know yeah for sure you can identify the kid that's like that mm-hmm. um all right anything else any thoughts <laughs> what's new <laughs> i feel like we ripped through those takeaways yeah we did that's like the quickest we've ever done it so let's ruin it by just chit-chatting afterwards <laughs> Okay. You need to get to New York. I better let you go. You have uh, you have a baby to go meet. Yeah. Gotta Excited? go meet a baby. Gotta go meet a baby. <laughs> a 2020 baby. Yep. Uh, let's hope it's, it can only go up from here. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All righty. Well, thank you for listening to everybody. Uh, we've got another really good show next week with Chris Corfist. Super excited. It's an awesome one. So tune in, folks. Thank you again. And we will see you next week. See ya. Bye.